The scripture reading for today comes from Philippians 4, verses 4 through 12. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to unbound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Um, for those of you who have seen The Office, I've got to do this. I have to do this. For those of you who have seen it, you're going to be bored slightly uh, for two seconds. But um, The Office is about Michael Scott. He's a zany, horrible nightmare boss you never want to have. And in a particular episode that I just saw, uh, there is Stanley. Stanley is one of his salespeople, and he has had a heart attack. And uh, so Stanley comes back to the office for the first time, and Michael, the bad boss, wants to make this a stress-free, calming, peaceful environment for Stanley, heart attack victim. And so what he does is he clears out the conference room and he dims the lights and he has everyone lay on the floor and then he walks around with a candle and he's basically making up a story. He had no idea what was going to happen with every sentence that goes on. He goes, imagine you're walking and you're in a field and you meet four men and you climb to the top of a mountain and there's a wonderful view and it's just non sequitur blathering. Um, well, well, Stanley has this heart monitor on him that beeps whenever his heart rate is getting too high. And so every time that Michael gets near Stanley, um, it, it starts to beep louder and faster, like beep, 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 beep. And every time Michael walks away from him, then it goes beep, 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 beep to silence. All right. And, and the gag is this, is that um, Michael, the boss, is the problem. He's the stressor. Um, he is the anti-peace agent, and as long as he is away, then his employees will actually experience peace, and when he's near, they cannot experience peace. Okay. In Philippians 4, Paul does something. He says, I have learned something. I have actually learned to have peace anywhere and any time. So I can have peace when Michaels are all up in my face, or I can have peace when the Michaels are far away. Would that be interesting? Like, huh, 
tell us what you've learned. So that's what we're going to learn from Philippians 4 is we're going to learn how he's learned to have peace in all things. That's what we're learning. So this is the shape of the, um, I'm going to tell you what Paul's biblical description of what, um, how can you know the peace that you have isn't just that you're super vibed out and chill on the couch, and how do you know it's biblical, godly, Holy Spirit peace? So the first thing I'm going to do is just give you a biblical description of peace. Second, um, you and me, we can actually learn peace. And so I'm going to give you three things that he says, oh, you can practice these things. You can actually learn it, practice it, try it. Okay, so, and then I'm going to share Paul's not so secretive secret, but he says he has a secret in the text. And you're like, oh, okay, Let, tell us your secret. So we'll get to Paul's secret at the very end. Okay, so let's look at Paul's biblical description of a supernatural peace that isn't just vibed out and chill, okay? Um, so um, anxiety, fear, and worry is the opposite of peace. So the word that Paul uses for anxiety in Philippians 4, starting with verse 4, what does that word mean, anxiety? Anxious, be anxious for nothing, he says. What is that? Um, this is what it means in, in the Greek. It just means I'm really torn up inside. I'm really torn up inside. That's, that's kind of like the biblical definition for it. All right? So the, the, first, um, the first biblical quality of peace is that I have some sort of calm and I am not torn up inside. That would be a character of peace, all right? Um, now, I want you to think of this is, um, I want you to think of Paul's situation. We've covered this in, in the weeks before, but um, Paul's in prison now when he's writing this out. He's in prison. He's been roughly handled. Um, it's cold. He's underfed. He's shackled to those MMA palace imperial guards 24-7. Um, uh, there's no place to get away from it all. And he, he reports to, to this church at Philippi. He goes, I have this measure of inner calm, like inner peace. I, I, I have peace. Hmm. Now, um, in, in L.A., Los Angeles, uh, Basin County, you get it, um, we will actually spend a lot of money for a little bit of peace. Uh, okay, um, we will spend a lot of money for some calming experiences, a great massage. I mean, who will pay some coin for some, a great massage? Like, yeah, you would. Um, we'll pay money to go to a re retreat or a resort. We will pay money to go to a spa or we will, we, we will go to links to go to find a great hill or a great beach or a great place in the desert. We, 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 will, we will hunt out these things. We will pay money to find a really great cleanse or we'll pay money to find a reset. Um, uh, Michael Gregory, you know, our church plant pastor or whatever, he told me he, he got this Groupon for the, the body sensory deprivation tank in Pasadena. And he said, he said it, was, it was wild. He said, I got in that tank, and he said, for the first five minutes, you're really impatient. You're like, I don't know if I can go an hour doing this. This is, like, not a lot of fun. And then it melts away. And he said, after the hour, you are really really mellowed out. I don't know if it's still on Groupon, but you too can experience this thing. Right? We'll pay money for this. Now listen to this. None of the things I've just said are bad things. 
None of them. In fact, a, a lot of these things can actually lower your blood pressure. They can loosen your muscles. Um, you, you'll be able to sleep better. Like, like I, I affirm these things, and I think a lot of us, we're like, yes, we affirm it. But this is the thing. As soon as you leave the sensory depriva- deprivation tank and you re-enter office politics or you go back into domestic strife, or your Amazon package gets stolen, what, what happens? You're like, tense. Everything gets locked up. You can't find peace. So these things are good for you physically, but, but you can't find the peace when you're not at the thing. So, so, so Paul is saying this, is look, um, I have been in torture. I've been in stonings. I've been in beatings. I've been in shipwrecks. I've been poisoned. <laughs> um, this sounds like a horror movie. Um, um, I've I've lost reputation and friends, and now I'm in prison. Um, And he says this in verse 12 and 13. He goes, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I know how, this is what Paul is telling us, I know how not to, I know how to not be torn up when I'm not at the spa. I can have inner calm and peace when I am not at the beach and when I'm not doing hot yoga and I'm not on the yoga mat. Like, I can have peace when I'm not on those things. That's what he's saying. Okay, first quality, a biblical peace is you can have an inner calm when the things around you are not calm. So that's, that's a first sign. There's a second sign, and Paul gives it to us, is this. There's a second quality. The second biblical quality of supernatural peace is this. And this is huge, is it will probably not get rid of your bad situation. Probably. High, high probable chance your bad situation will not disappear. but actually gives you something. The bad situation doesn't disappear, but it gives you something. It gives you something, a, a particular, noticeable, strong sense that God is protecting you. And the bad situation will probably not go away. How do we know this? Verse seven, look at, look at this. Um, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He uses a really curious word for guard. Um, It's a military word, a Greek military word, and it's it's really funny because it's kind of unique in its usage. um, It just means uh, I'm gonna gather up all of my military resources and I am going to surround the thing that needs to be protected. So it's kind of like an anti-siege. Like instead of surrounding a city to take it and destroy it, you're getting all of the troops around the city and you're saying, nope, you're gonna have to go through us before you get to the city. So that's what Paul uses here. Um, Now think of this, think of this. Think of um, modern modern day advice that that we use to deal with stress and anxiety. Um, One of them is, what can we do to get rid of the negative thoughts that you have? What can we do to get rid of them? Um, 
What can we do to extract you from the trouble that you're in or the person of trouble and make sure that you bar them, you Katie bar them from your life so they can't get near you? Most, most advice people will give you to get rid is to try to rid yourself of the bad people and the bad situation and the bad thoughts. Let's, let's, let's get rid of them. This is so interesting. The Biblical peace of God does not talk about getting rid of the bad people and the situations and the thoughts. This is, this is very unique from a modern approach to it, okay? Uh, is the peace of God is not, and, and I've got to read this because I thought it was great. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I did write it. Um, the peace of God is not the absence of negative thoughts and people. It is the protecting presence of God himself surrounding your life. So look, look, you know this. Um, You can know this is I have a real sense that whatever negative stuff is going on, I'm being surrounded and protected by God Almighty. That's peace. Um, we were in Maui last summer. 10 out of 10, would recommend, would go again. Uh, and we went to a, a tiny black sand beach, which some of you have been to, and there were these massive swells, massive waves. Like, when I say massive, um, when, I, when I say something's bigger than me, you're like, whoa, well, I'll guess I'll pay attention. Uh, but, but it was like triple me, quadruple me, and you're like, those are some swells. Like, that's amazing. Um, and, and they didn't smash or crash over us, but we left and we went on to this outlook where it goes a little further than the ocean and you would see where these massive waves would smash down on the rocks. And what's amazing is you look at it and you're just, it's awe-inspiring, you're just like, whoa, that's a lot of force. And if there was a body out there, by body, by person, like done. There's, there's really not a lot coming back from that. Um, and you would have these massive waves and they, they, they smash on this massive, not even a boulder, bigger than a boulder, and then it just covers it, it goes frothy, and you're like, whoa, it's all, like, no more rock, no more rock. And then what, seconds later, what, the rock is there. The rock is there. And another wave comes down, Boom! The rock is there. The rock is there. You know the Psalms talk about God as a rock. Not the Dwayne guy. They talk him as a rock. You cannot smash that thing. And this is what we're talking about is that thing has a hold of me. I have the presence of an almighty God surrounding my life. You know what? That's peace. So two biblical qualities of peace is I have an inner calm, right? It's not based on, uh, and, and I, I, I'm protected. I have a sense that I am protected by the almighty God. Okay. Um, the, the second thing is uh, we, we can learn peace. I love this. This is so practical um, because it's not, it's not out there. He, uh, Paul uses this word. He says, you know, um, you can, I want you guys to practice these things. I didn't, uh, well, let me, let me back up. Verse 11. Paul says this, um, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. 
There he says it. I learned it. Um, second thing, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger. He learned it. He didn't know it before, but he learned it, and he says, hey, you can practice these things. Okay, what do we need to practice? Um, uh, what do we need to practice that is not natural? It wasn't natural to Paul, and it's not natural to us, so what do we need to practice? Um, and I'm going to give you three um, from the text. Um, the first one is, um, this is your way to peace, is that you can exercise your smarticles. It's another way of saying think. But thinking can bring you to peace. You're like, huh, that didn't seem profound. You better continue. Okay, I will. Here it is. Uh, verse 8. What does Paul say? He says this. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable. Joey, you read this so much better than I am. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think, think. Think, think about these things. Exercise your smarticles. All right, now, when we read Paul in different other areas, um, it, it, it's funny is because when he uses a true, noble, um, right, um, in all of those other places, you know what Paul's talking about? He's talking about, here it is, fancy word, doctrine. Some of you are like, well, I guess I could take a nap now. He means doctrine. So what is doctrine? What does that mean? Um, th think of how crazy this sounds to the modern ear. Let's say you're stressed out, you're grieving, you're suffering, or you're just like torn up inside. You're torn up and you're, you're, you're anxious. And then someone comes up to you just like, hey, now might be a good time where I ask you some big ultimate questions about life. Right when you're stressed out, right when you're torn up, um, you're like, let's talk about the nature of man and also about the nature of God. Um, let's talk about, like, where did we come from and where are we going? Um, what is the, is there meaning and purpose in life? Um, is hope a real thing? What? I, I mean, would you have, if you had a friend where you're like, hey, I want to talk about these, these doctrinally important things about the nature of who you are and the nature of God and what it all means. And you're like, I'm just, my boss is crazy and I'm just trying to make, I'm trying to get through my breakup here. Like what? Um, but I want you to see something. I want you to go to Romans or I want you to go to Barnes and Noble. Okay, stay away from Amazon with your books, okay? Um, I know it's convenient. I know, I do it too, so I'm a hypocrite, okay? Get back on track, so go to Romans, <laughs> go to Barnes and Noble. Uh, he's just cracking himself up, I didn't think that was funny. Um, and I want you to look up anxiety, stress relief, um, 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 worry buster, I want you to look that up at, at your local bookstore, okay? And um, I want you to see how many, what do the modern books jump to absolutely quickly? Um, do you know what they jump to? Uh, from page, from preface to, pay, to, to the end, you know what they jump to? I just did this recently. They jump to this, technique, external methods, right? Um, candles, listening to, um, compose the best epic Enya mix. Um, incense, breathing, oils, how to get a quiet space in a room full of children. Um, I, I, how to control your thoughts on the positive track. Like, what the, the modern advice for you is, let's go to technique. Let me tell you what, something what to do, all right? But let me just say, they're asking you 
to bypass your brain. They're asking you to do that. I, I don't want you to think about something hard, but I have some great tips about what oils you should buy. Okay, okay, um, this is it. Paul is asking you to think on things that are true and ultimate. He's asking you to do that. Um, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit here for time here. Um, okay, someone in LA could say this. Okay, I'm stressed out, I am so anxious, I'm torn up inside, and you want me to talk about life and death? And meaning and no meaning, dude, that's kind of, that's kind of dark. <laughs> like, you don't know where I am. I'm in a dark place and you're asking me to consider the darkness. Um, help me think about some nicer things, dude. Okay, fair. But let's have the honesty to say this. Is that you want to give peace without thinking about reality. Um, you want peace by avoiding your brain. Now listen to this part. If on, only if you're a Jesus follower here today. If you are a Jesus follower here today, and let's say you believe in creation and sin and, and redemption and, and the resurrection and renewal and renewal at the end of days, the whole shebang. Let's say you're like, I believe it all. And you tell me, and I am torn up inside. Do you know what I'll say to you first, especially after I studied this last week? I'll be like, oh, you got some thinking to do. You're not thinking. You're not thinking. Right? Um, there is a, this is going to sound a little bold, but just be, play with me. Um, there is a smart piece and there is a stupid piece, okay? And a smart piece recognizes the darkness and goes to the doctrine to remind our hearts of truth that is true outside of ourselves. And a dumb piece will have you forget the darkness and, and find unsubstantiated, unmoored positivity. A dumb piece will have you, they'll just skip your brain, let's just go straight to the positivity. Okay, thinking is a part of peace. Let me give you a second one. Um, Paul gives it to us and he says, um, we can learn peace through preemptive gratitude. Preemptive gratitude. And he lays it on, uh, on us this way. Um, verse six, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, that goes counter to my workflow. <laughs> All right, here's my workflow. Um, I really want slash need something. I know those are two different words. So I pray, okay? Then what do I do? Step two, I wait for imagine positive thing to happen. Okay, roll the dice, it happened. Step three, thank you for positive imagined thing that happened. That's my workflow. I, I, I pray it, I wait for it, and I th I'm thankful for it. Step three. All right, Paul messes up my workflow, and he's going to mess up your workflow, but it's towards a pathway to peace. What is it? Here's the workflow. Um, 
He says this, I want you to pray with thanksgiving. So thank God for it. While you're praying for it, thank him for his answer and then wait for it. What does that do? All right, this is it. Um, I got this, uh, Melissa reminded me of this uh, a week ago. I, it's probably from Tim Keller. Um, in fact, I'm almost sure it is. Um, uh, uh, Tim says this. He says, um, and he's speaking in the voice of God, which is also a very strange phrase I just said. Um, maybe redact that um, from your memory. Um, but he says this, I always give what they would have asked for if they knew everything I knew. Right? When we pray with thanksgiving, we're saying, oh, you know all of the things that I don't know. And when you know all of the things I don't know, what does that do? It builds and trains peace in my life. Oh, you are taking care of it because you know more than I know. So, 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 so let me tweak your workflow, my workflow, and say, oh, let's pray with thanksgiving at the top, step one, and then wait. Okay. Um, th there's a third thing, and it, it's about peace and love. All right? Um, so what was the first thing? Do I have to look at my notes again? Preemptive gratitude, I just said. Um, and then, oh yeah, exercising your smarticles. I promise I studied this. Um, uh, so th there's this thing about peace and love, and, and Paul gets to it. It's curious that peace and love are, are notably kind of always together. Like, yes, biblically, but um, they get lumped together as a package deal. So certainly the 60s, Ringo Starr, is there a GIF uh, that I put up there? Um, certainly every middle schooler's doodle notebook or every high schooler's Newton book, you have the peace sign and then inevitably, um, uh, you know, there's little hearts. You know, peace and hearts, peace, peace sign and hearts, you know, they, they just go together. It's a doodle miracle, it's wonderful. Um, I think it's actually pretty biblical. Um, Paul says this, verse eight, I also want you to think on whatever is lovely. Lovely. That's weird when you compare that to doctrine. I want you to think about doctrine and also love things. What? Isn't that kind of weird? Isn't that curious? Isn't it curious that peace isn't just achieved through intellectual brainhood? He's saying, guess what? Peace is going to be achieved by your heart getting engaged to something. Okay? Now, um, uh, there's so many things to love, and I am gonna, I'm gonna do something. Um, I, I'm ripping this off from St. Augustine's Confessions, okay? And I'm actually, um, um, he says in Confessions, we have to write, love the right thing, and he's the one that does all the work on disordered loves. It wasn't Tim Keller that taught us that, it was St. Augustine, okay? Um, but so I'm gonna paraphrase huge portions of Confessions here, okay? But just, just lock in. Um, there are all these wonderful things that are amazing and they're incredible and they're wonderful. Um, our families, um, uh, sex, creating, building, acquiring, expanding, recognition, um, learning, eating, drinking, laughing, dancing, exertion of muscles, like all of these things are just amazing, beautiful things. Um, experiencing success in what we put our hands to, like at work and at home. Uh, these things are incredible. If you've experienced, you've experienced these things. I have too. They're like, what? 
I love these things. I love these things. And Augustine says, oh, you know, sometimes we love them too much and they're disordered. And I'm just like, I'm going to chase after this. I'm going to make my family everything. I'm going to make my work, but whatever it is. Okay, you've, you've stayed with me. Uh, but then he does this. He describes in, it's really slow in the confessions, but, but he describes how all of these wonderful, amazing things change on you. And when they change on you, they fade, diminish, and, and um, they become unreliable. And then he describes how we pour our, our human hearts, we just pour affection and love into these things that will change and disappoint us. And then he comes to this conclusion that's in book four of the confessions. He, there's this money phrase and he says this, only love of the immutable will bring tranquility, peace. Only loving something that doesn't change will bring you peace. Now you could say this, um, and I can say this. I, okay, Augustine, I love a lot of things. Like, have you tried? Have you tried the porterhouse steak at Ruth's Chris? It's awesome. I, I would. I'd be tempted to say I might find love in that thing. Like that is pretty great. With mushrooms, get the mushrooms. Always get the mushrooms. Now I'm being silly, but there are other things you're like. I love it. I love this thing. I love this thing I do at work, and I, I just think about it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It could be your kid. You're like, I love that. They are going to be the best thing I've ever created. <laughs> and you love them. Um, this is what he says. When we discover that unchangeable, immutable God who has become enfleshed, we discover in him the greater expression of the love that we found here. So if you're into this thing down here, when you find it in God, you're like, oh, it's bigger and better and expanding. It can be discovered more. That's what he says. It's like when you find God, all of the other loves are thrown into boot. You don't lose the loves. The loves become better. That's a St. Augustine. I, I don't think he would have said it that way. Um, but, <laughs> but that's how I interpreted it. Um, I went way too fast there. I'm going to wrap this up. We're, let's move into um, Paul's not-so-secretive secret. Okay? Final thoughts. <laughs> it's very not much fun. Um, loving a faceless, immutable, general, abstract God. So if I said, hey, guys, I just want you to go home and spend some time thinking about your immutable, wonderful God, abstract God. All right, I would venture to guess that you would have little to no fun and or effect on your life. <laughs> I would just venture to guess that, <laughs> okay? I might have tried it before. So this is why Paul is relentless in all of his writings, he's relentless on pointing us to the person of Jesus Christ because it's not abstract. It's not abstract. Um, uh, now, why would he do this? Why would Paul be like, okay, I'm going to point you back to Jesus. I'm going to point you back to Jesus. Why do we preach about Jesus all the time? Jesus, he talks about Jesus all the time. Is 
Jesus is where the faceless, abstract God gives us a face and a body. And he loses his peace so that you would know his peace. Okay? Um, this, is, uh, this is the final pathway to peace, really. Like, he's the key. Like, all of the thinking and the smarticles and whatever. I just Like, this gets you to Paul's secret. He's like, I want to know Jesus. And remember in Philippians 3? He goes, all of these baller things and these loves that I've had, I'm br- proud of being in the tribe of Benjamin and this, that, the whole list. He goes, I, I want to know Jesus more than all of these loves that I have in my life. See, that's why he's pointing. He's just like, oh, like, let's center it on Jesus. Okay. Um, I changed this last part last minute yesterday. Because I was, I was talking to a guy on the phone yesterday, and um, this was after he had sent me an email. And um, he, he, he wrote in this email, he said, hey, Tim, I need you to do something for me. I need you to design something for me. Um, and this is what I want. He goes, I want like a six-foot, eight-foot landscape, kind of thin um, canvas that I put on a wall, like above a couch or something, um, or a hearth. Do people still have hearths? Um, And he said, I want to put this up. Can we put the lyrics up? He he says, I want this on the landscape, and I need you to design something for me. Though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. That's kind of strange to put behind your couch these days. Like, the neighbors will see it. Like, like and so, so I was curious, and we had a phone call after this email. I was like, yeah, I, I'll design this thing. Um, um, so we got on the phone, and, and this guy is in the process of losing his family. It's the rawest, darkest time this guy's ever experienced. And it's hit him, and it's brought him low. And he's trying to find some peace, because he is torn up inside. And he found peace in these lyrics, and he wants it on the wall, talking to him all the time. All right, I, but I'm not buying it. What? It's kind of strange. Like, I got other lyrics. No, that are Jesus-y, too. I've got other lyrics. The curious thing about those lyrics, it comes from It Is Well With My Soul. Some of you have probably heard this before. Um, it's written by Horatio Spafford. He was a lawyer in Chicago. Um, lots of bad things happened to Horatio. We don't have time for me to go into it. But let's say the cherry on top of things going bad for him, um, his wife and his daughters go on a ship to go to visit, have a Europe visit. Um, uh, sh- ship capsizes. Uh, daughters drown. Um, wife is rescued unconscious. And she cables Horatio in Chicago. And she says uh, two words, saved alone. Whoa. Horatio's like, okay, gotta go. On the trip to see his wife, his rescued wife, he writes, it is well with my soul. I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. Like, like anxiety, stress, grief, suffering, and like, 
you are talking about Jesus shedding blood for your own soul, like forgiveness of sins. What? That's crazy. Give me something that gives peace to me. Are you puzzled by this? Like, what is he ta- why is he talking about Christ when his daughter's drowned? Why are you doing this? What gives? Why does this guy, I'm talking on the phone, why, why has he said, this gives me peace to my torn up insides? Why? Let me tell you. Th- this is why that gives more than the candles and the Enya mix and the oils and the breathing exercises. Here's why. Is when pain comes, we think, is this payback? When the pain comes, we think what? There is an off chance that God doesn't love me. Uh 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 uh. But when you hear this, my sin, not in part, but the whole, has been nailed to the cross. When you hear that, when you hear what? Christ hath regarded my helpless estate, and he has shed his own blood for my sin. When you hear that, you're like, you know what? I got a person, I got a friend, he, he knows my way, he's guarding my way. He lost his, be- I can know solidly what? Only love that would have done that kind of suffering. Only love would have done that. And you know what you find? Peace. Peace. And it's real and it's knowable. It has a face with flesh and we can know peace. Let's pray into that. Jesus, um, you've, you regarded our helpless estate and um, you have shed your blood for us. In that, you are the rock that is smashed and that we're hidden in. I need to believe that all over again. I really do. I I need to believe it for my kids and my friends and all of the, the thousands of worry tendrils that I have. I need to believe all over again that you guard my heart and my mind and my life I'm asking for deep peace. Would you give me that peace tonight, but just not me. Would you give it here to our friends here? And then would we be able to give that kind of peace to our friends in a broader community? Bringing your peace to the world. We, 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 long, for that to, we long to see that happen. So help us, we pray. Amen.